from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 420. Blaze it. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> my name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by my stoner buddy, Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hi, stoner hey. buddy. Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? Oh, my God. We're the biggest nerds ever. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of podcasts make it to the Blaze It episode. So That's very I, true. I feel... I feel like it was a worthwhile introduction. You know, it's it's not really our, our jam in general, but like we're completely, you know, complete dorks and we have mm-hmm. to represent the, the internet f- fame numbers. Yeah, like, it's like, uh, I, like I would blaze it. So I just wouldn't feel good if I had an episode 420 and didn't say blaze it at least one time. It's yeah. like if we had episode 69, I would say how nice it was. Right. So like, yeah, that's just yeah. a thing. You got to, yeah. it's part of the culture. Yeah. So like funny, funny sidebar. I follow, follow, follow. Wow. That was some language. Um, I follow Killer Mike, who is part of Run the Jewels on Twitter. And like every day he posts like happy 420 and it just cracks me up. So <laughs> I, I get I get serious joy out of out of stupid things like that. Hence this entire podcast and maybe this first I mean, uh, topic right here. Yeah, this is 100% the most blaze it topic right there. And we couldn't have planned it if we tried. Retro 51 Tornado Rollable Pizza Gold Spot <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> I hadn't seen this. Um, this one had missed me. And uh, this pen is incredibly ridiculous in the best possible ways. It's... Like a traditional, like when I saw the link that said the pizza retro 51, I was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. going to look like a pizza slice, but it mm-hmm. doesn't. It looks like a kind of crappy pizza box. Yes. And like, so it's like all red and green and there's a, a pizza olio, I think that's what it's called, like a pizza mm-hmm. chef. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's all mama mia it out, basically. Yeah. It's, it's, he's it's he's dropping thing. the chef's kiss on it. Yeah. Yeah, this is quite this is quite the thing. I I'm honestly a little bit sad that I missed this one. <laughs> I don't. Oh think no, it's tomorrow. You'll miss this one. It goes yeah. to some sale tomorrow. I'll have to try and remember. And interesting and interestingly enough, when this was brought, I missed this too. It was brought to my attention yesterday, and I was reading up on it. This is going to be an open edition, essentially. So it's a regular edition, which I find interesting because retro shutting down. So it's not like it's going to be open for more than a couple months, but it says it regular is, edition, <laughs> yeah. not numbered or limited, except for the part that the business is going away here in a couple yeah, months. Yeah, it's limited in the sense of like, there will be an end, but they'll just keep selling it until the end. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, how can you, I didn't think retro was making any more pens, right? They're about to the spot now where manufacturing is going to be wrapping up theoretically now right like they're supposed to be shut down in september back when you know i haven't followed up on any of this stuff since we started talking about it in the beginning of the year what the business prospects are um maybe i'll i'll ask that for next week but um yeah it's uh <laughs> it's it, it will definitely be limited in some way shape or form so if you want it i, I would suggest to uh to go for it but it, it's i love the green mat yeah um furniture like it's it's really really different it's it it's an extremely retro 51 pen without looking like every other retro 51 like it caught me off guard when i saw it it's like holy cow i think this is terrible but kind of amazing right it's one of those for me as an as a long-term piece of follow-up the retro 51 twitter account has posted 
an image of all of the Lunker pens. So if you remember, mm-hmm. there was they made a pen called the Gone Fishing, and which mm-hmm. was a green fish, but there were ten total models of the pen that had a completely different colorway, almost golden ticket style. Yes. Um, and Lunkers in the sense of like a rare uh, catch. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have now all been found, all 10. So the Retro 51 Twitter account um, has posted them all. They all have names, like specific pun-based names. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't spoil it. You can go and find out for yourself. But they look amazing, right? Like this this, uh, this whole list of them. I, I think it's fantastic. This is one of the greatest releases that they ever did because they didn't tell us before someone found it, mm-hmm. right? And I got one of the first emails about this pen being you know someone ordered the pen opened it up and it wasn't one that matched the what their expectation was of the pen right and then we that's when i emailed retro and discovered that ah you know this is the golden ticket type of thing so everything's in here uh all the all the images are in here now i'd only seen about six or seven of these so there's several that i hadn't seen before Mm -hmm. so i love flipping through this this will go down in history as one of those topics that will will continue to bring up when someone else does something uh cool like this golden ticket wise um in the future saying hey you know uh when retro did it wasn't that a great great idea and Mm -hmm. we loved it so much so yeah i uh i'm sad i didn't get a regular gone fishing yeah but you know, just like I'm not going to get a pizza one either. I can't. I don't. I don't need all of them. I'm not going to get a 30th anniversary. Like I'll, I'll just. I'll hold off. But there is a great retro 51 in the offing, right? Ours. Oh well, ours. Yeah. Speaking of which, there is an update. So the bands at the top of the pin are mid replacement right now. So like they right. made it through like X number of pins. So we'll have these back in another few weeks. So. Not too much of a big deal here. So um, just know that every, just everyone should know that it is in process as expected and going swimmingly according to Retro 51. It's just going to take some time. That's a, it's a high maintenance, high maintenance job to get it done. So it's going to take a while. So I, (laughs) oh, Michael, what is dead may never die, Michael. Saw a post. This is this is one of the very rare times where my two worlds interact with each other. This mm-hmm. is from Mac Rumors. <laughs> <laughs> Future Apple Pencil could have sensor to sample colors from the real world. Yeah. This is a patent filed by Apple to effectively put some kind of light sensor into an Apple Pencil to allow you to pick up a color and use it. This is the scribble pen all over again. If this happens, we will just ha- we'll have to call it the scribble. We're gonna have to get those stickers made, the skins made that say scribble pencil on them mm-hmm. and sell them. Like that's that's gonna be our thing when this happens. Apple's gonna do this. You know they're gonna do this. I mean, it might be years down the line, but that just means that the scribble will never die. It it appears at least once a year, if not twice a year, that we'll get some, you know, mention of either the original Scribble or their updated scam or a product that harkens to what Scribble has tried to be. And I'm here for it, Mike. I'm not going to lie. I'm here for it. It's, I don't it's one even of the, know. One like of the I greatest products ever. Kind of link something about the Scribble pen, and I don't even know where to begin. 
with the with when the, when they tried to sue me. That's that's the best one. But like like as an episode of the show to to refer back to. I yeah. Don't even know um, what to do. I'm gonna do episode 116. Mm-hmm. And we'll just go from there. Basically, this was like yeah. a, a a Kickstarter campaign that was clearly like junk, but it picked mm-hmm. up a lot of steam, and then flamed out basically so yeah well everyone it didn't flame out they got called out and then just basically had to you know shut it down and true true and try to try to they had to find a way to get people's money more directly (laughs) than kickstarter because kickstarter will hold your money right so that's why they go to other places like indiegogo or direct where they can just take your money immediately and never deliver a product so or maybe I'll just, as Kate is saying in the Discord, just link people to episode 401 of the show. Uh, yeah, where we just kind of refer back about to the it. memes of the, of the podcast. <laughs> but it's just kind of hilarious. Like, honestly, but this is the thing that we said at the time. Well, like, this product could work if it was a digital product. Yeah. The issue is you can't take a color sensor and have a physical pen mix ink inside of it and then produce the correct color for you to use. Like... That's mm-hmm. nonsense. As a digital product, or put into an Apple Pencil, it would work. You would just sample a color and go for it. But I really don't even think that there's that much benefit to it. Like, I can't... What is the actual use case for most people to do this? Like, I really don't think it's much of one. Like, you right. could just build a camera lens. Like, so you could just build, like, if you wanted to have the color, a color picker, you could just open up the camera and take a photo like and it would give you basically the same thing it wouldn't be as accurate i'm sure as a sensor but i don't really think that there's that much of a use case for that many people for this functionality like yeah it's nice but how many times have you thought oh man i really wished i could sample the color of this plant pot for my drawing like right i don't think right. it's oh. that you know, yeah, it's like, oh, this yellow didn't come out right. Let me go grab a banana real quick. Yeah, like I, I, I think it's like nice for a lot for many people. Okay, there are people in the Discord, especially Kate, who's getting very upset at me t- saying <laughs> that they would like to be able to do this a lot. Okay, this is one of those things where I have to refine <laughs> what I'm saying. I have no doubt that there are people in the world that would like this feature. I don't know if this feature is widespread enough that they would build it into every single Apple Pencil that they would sell. That's what I'm getting at, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, there are people, I'm sure, that would like this. I do not think that it is enough of a thing to to build this into the product. But I don't know. Who uses the Apple Pencil? I mean... I do. But, you know... I know, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Who is the use case for that? It's a lot of designers. Sure. But they're building out a lot of features that are not designers. Like I, I expect more people use the Apple Pencil to take meeting notes than they do to draw things. But anyway, <clears throat> the the problem of all of this kind of reporting is never write, never assume Apple's going to do anything based on a patent that they have because That's Apple true. patent a lot of things because they're a large company, mm-hmm. a large technology company. So there you go. I'm just glad we got to talk about the scribble pen again. And if Apple does it, the first thing I will point it to, Mike, is the Leonardo primary manipulation fountain pen. Did you see this picture? <sighs> yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. What is wrong with this picture, Mike? Nothing. It the, It's wrong because it's better than their own P3 
PR images that they sent out. That's what's wrong with it. <laughs> oh, this isn't from. Uh, oh, this isn't from Leonardo. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. So At least not that is... I not that I think of. It could be, but it's not what they sent out to sell the pen. This is like a big case of actual pens, as best as I can tell, by uh, Casa della Stilografica, which we've talked about before. This is outrageous. That every single pen in here looks better than the pen that I ordered from, and I already thought that was a ten out of ten design. Right? Mm-hmm. A- am I? Am I overselling this? Am I overhyping this? Because this picture is out of bounds, like for what it's representing. Yeah, I'm very upset. <laughs> because you're not getting one? Well, I had a conversation with a close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And me and that close friend, I, me and Brad, thought, ah, oh, I could probably <laughs> just pick one up later on. Do you remember this conversation we had last week? Oh, yeah. We, so, we had an extended conversation offline last mm-hmm. week. Now I'm really and, uh, regretting it. I let I basically I had one on the line and let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh and now I'm regretting that seriously. Like there's not like I, I'm just staring at this picture go going, I'd I'd be happy with that one and that mm-hmm. one and that one and that one and that one. Is all one the of these yours? No, because I didn't order from them. If this right. is Casadella Stilografica's inventory, one of these is not mine, but Mike, mine shipped, and it will be here on Friday. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> so, yeah, mine. I ordered mine from Fontaplumo. Um, I talked with Frank last week. He said, yeah, he's getting the pins this week, which he did, and then I got a shipping notification like Monday, so it'll be here Friday. Mm-hmm. Super fast shipping. Yeah, I this... If... If this was the first picture they showed, they would have been gone even faster. I mean, there was only a hundred of them total, but yeah, I have this this picture made me want to put it back in the show notes again because it was so unique. Like each one of these is different. I I don't know. I I should stop talking about it because I'm just saying the same thing over and over. There's nothing else to say other than. I think it's already better than I thought it was, and I was already in love with it, kind of thing. Well, let's let's see how you feel next week because you'll have yours by then, right? Right, that's the thing. That's the the it's scary, right? It's like, well, what if mine isn't as nice as all those? It's gonna be like I mean, I'm not every single about one that of if you said every single one of those looks amazing. Yeah. So I can't understand how you would be unhappy with yeah. One last one last comment on that. There's way more crossover between the two colors than their promo photos dictated. Like, I think, does that make sense, right? There's a little bit more reds and blues in the green and a little bit more greens in the reds and blues. Yeah, I think, by and large, you can tell which one's which, but I think there's yes. a few in this image where I'm not 100% sure which model, what is it, like the Vesuvio and the Stromboli. Stromboli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I thought they were pretty you know, disparate in color features. And now I think they're more mixed, um, which is great. I, uh, it's going to be cool. I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you are. Next topic, Mike. Mm. I am super not excited for, but I feel like we have to talk about it because it's kind of a co- really combination of a lot of this product. It took I me a looking at it, it today and I don't get what it actually is. All right. So same here. It took me a while to figure out what this is. And what we're talking about is a product called Supernote. And they're doing a collaboration with the Lam- with Lamy, 
we we've talked about Lamy's uh, All Star that they put out last year with ha- that has the digital writing tip, or maybe it was earlier this year, right? For like uh, Wacom tablets and things like that. I do not remember so, that. Yeah, so we we popped it up it, because it was it was a short topic. It was like you know, do we really need this? You know, kind of thing. I like that they built it into the All Star Barrel. I think that's pretty cool, and it has that kind of stylus type digital drawing tip. You know, it's not a stylus, but you know what I'm that type of tip. So anyway, someone sent me this link to a company called Supernote, and they sent me this link. And you open up the link. And it looks like, oh, it's a Lamy All-Star with a notebook. Well, it's really just a cover for Supernote's digital note-taking device, which I guess it's kind of like the Remarkable tablet, but this is really just more for notes and editing and things like that. It's one of those products I personally don't understand why it exists because it's literally just a $300 digital notebook like as in you open it up blank pages and you just start writing your notes and they're in there does is that what you gathered from this i guess so i don't really understand it i really don't get it i don't know what their product does right so let me let me tell you a little bit about what their product does because this little screen (laughs) Made me go, oh, this is this is a big nothing uh, product. Let me see if I can pull up this screen again. I didn't do it, but they they basically did a comparison. As anyone who you know produces some, any kind of a product that people oh, have it's to e-paper. ask, yeah. So it's it's that type of ink, right? But it's really just a, a noting and drawing thing. And so any anyone who sells a product that can relate to people can say, well, why should I buy this product um, over, you know, another similar product? You know, you see these comparison comparison pages. And of course, I can't get it to pull up while we're talking here. So, but I guess the basis impetus of this is why would you ever use this as opposed to a tablet that you already have? Like if you're integrated into the digital world, can't you get pretty much everything you have with this and more and possibly better in a product you might already have? Yeah, I don't really understand these devices very much. Like people are always asking me like, oh, you should try the Remarkable. But like Mm -hmm. one, they're super expensive. And two, Mm -hmm. like I just don't, I seen I found this uh, Y choose Supernote thing, mm-hmm. but like I, f- I find them like really they're like they 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 I don't necessarily want an e ink screen like I want a full color screen so I found it Y choose Supernote let's recap so you have other devices versus Supernote so broken down into categories so we've got other de- so we're going to go visual other devices digital tablet Supernote stationary style. That's not true. No. It looks like a digital tablet. Yeah. Handwriting. this page too. Unnatural versus feel like real pen and paper. Won't. It won't. It just won't. Like It's untrue, like, but it's that, untrue too. You can get products that give it a matte finish and it feels more like it. So the paper-like I cover um, for the iPad is, is really good. The, mm-hmm. I use one called the Moshi this- iVisor, which is really good. Gives it like a texture. 
Yeah, that's the one you told me to buy, which I bought. This this next one's my favorite one. Note taking. You have just take notes versus utilize notes efficiently. Guarantee you, guarantee <laughs> you, a tablet like an iPad can do more with a note than this product can. Guarantee that's my you. Favorite one. <laughs> right. Integration. Passive third party app all in capitals. Mm. Versus integrate productivity tools such as mailbox note document. Again, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Like there are more apps for and and services for other devices. User experience. Follow smartphone and tablet versus design for digital note taking. I mean, I can try and give you that one, but you have to be really good on your software design for that to be true. Well, for that to be true, they have to say that they are a worse product in design because it's specifically for digital note taking. Yep. Accessory. Lack of variety versus personalized options. That's also not true. Like, I'm sorry, like, how many case- cases can you get for iPads? Stylus. Frequent wear out and refill replacement versus nib free. That doesn't make sense. Like, what, what the Apple Pencil, does it frequently like wear out? It's a plastic tip. Same as yours. Mm-hmm. Front light. The front light weakens light transmittance and also causes the front light to be turned where the backlight is not even needed. Front light affects the handwriting experience versus no front light design, better reading and handwriting experiences. What they're trying to say is, which is true, e-ink screens have higher contrast and mm-hmm. are better in, in sunlight. I don't know why they don't just say that instead of what they said instead. Um, but yeah, I don't... It is possible that they're not talking about tablets but talking about wacoms but nevertheless there's like a wacom tablet attaches to a computer like it has this is just look this is this typical thing we go through this a lot on this show where marketing is just bad right like and this is just bad marketing but Mm -hmm. if it gets people to buy your product then it works right but yeah this i don't know i don't know about this so I like bringing these up, even though we don't really use these things, but we have talked about nearly every type of digital capturing and writing device out there because people are interested. I'm interested, but the problem is no one is nailing that product, right? Even like Moleskine, which I think you and I would agree have done it the best from things that we've been able to physically experience, like having the the handwriting on, you know, a physical notebook experience converting it into digital. And it still falls short of just a traditional handwriting experience, which everyone is trying to replicate in these devices. So that's why we talk about these products. Because I want eventually to see a product that is really good at digital note taking. And I just think we are so far away from that design ever happening. Like, I think we are just far, far away from this. So like this guy, you know, linked in here because of Lamy's collaboration with it. And I, I like the idea. I always like the ideas of these products, but the execution has just proven to be poor for years and years and years. And I don't see the end in sight. And I'd love to be proven wrong one day that, hey, we finally get a good digital digital handwriting device that you know i could recommend to someone who just you know doesn't want to deal with with pens and they just live a completely digital lifestyle and they want a good writing experience and i just don't think we're there yet but um you know 
I, I think I've said it before. Like, I think we're like five to 10 years away from that happening. Like, I think it'll happen eventually, but not anytime soon. I mean, I don't actually think it will happen. Yeah. Because the, the, the device types have converged, right? Like, if you That's feel true. like your digital note-taking needs can't be take like can't be uh, given to you via an iPad or something. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to get what you want because that's fair. None of these other devices are any better or worse. They're going to be like in, in like, you know, they're not going to be better than the things that are bad in the other products, right? They all have their own mm-hmm. trade-offs. And ultimately I think if you're not going to be happy with a typical tablet, like a surface or an iPad and a note taking experience there, I can't imagine you ever being happy with a digital product because they're about as good as you could possibly make something like this. Like, I don't really know what the downside is, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, the screen is is too glossy. Well, like, you can put a matte cover on it and you, you fix that. Like, oh, the texture isn't right. Like, again, you can put one of those on there. No screen is going to feel like paper, like it's just not yeah. going to because you can't make a screen out of that kind of texture. It would be weird, right? So like, and then also it's like it's not just paper; it's the nib on the paper, mm-hmm. and you can't. It's just be it doesn't work. Like the technology just isn't going to be there, and I just don't think we're ever going to see a product made that is so specific to feel like pen on paper. Like there have to be trade offs, and honestly, like. None of these products, like like especially this one, I know about using it. The software experience will not be good. Oh, like it's just perfect. not going to be what you expect. Like if you use an Android phone or if you use a Mac or Windows or iOS, like these are operating systems that we're all unhappy with. And they are made by multi-billion dollar companies with so like it's just it's too much of an insurmountable challenge for a company to build like a super fluid software experience. I would love to be proven wrong because that'd just be great for everyone. But I just don't think we're that no one, I just don't think anyone could build a product that is going to be able to do this better than any other any of the other big technology companies. I just yeah, don't. I agree with everything you just said. So let me clarify my my statement, and we can we can get out of here on this. Mm-hmm. I'm talking more about the the digital pen on traditional paper experience as opposed to a screenwriter. I, I didn't make myself clear there. So right. I want to see you know you and I to be able to get a really fun pen use that has a great refill or is a fountain pen type. Use the, our notebook of choice. And have that accurately represented digitally, and I think that's more that's more interesting to me than a digital note taking pad or screen as this is, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And, and do we even need that? Who knows? No. Like it, Moleskins on like version four or five of what they're trying to do, and it's obviously not sticking, right? It's just it's, and I trust them to do it as well as anybody, and it's it's just not sticking. In my and, mind, the real technology is just really good OCR from images. Yeah. So you can still use the pen and paper you want, and just stick a quick scan, right, of the page when you're yep. done, and that's that. Like I, yep. I think that's that's the technology really that that you want to make better, yep. not like. I now have this notebook and I've made sure to take the scan in the corner to have the pay. Like, it's just, it's, it's too, it, they're called demos, but I don't really think they're much more. We'll see. 
All right, this episode mm-hmm. is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace because you can create a website for your next idea or project and show it to the world. You'll be able to give it a fantastic, unique domain name so people will be able to find your website really easily. And then when they get there, they'll see it in all of its glory because you'll be able to customize beautiful award-winning templates to make your content shine. There is nothing to install or patch or upgrade to Squarespace. It's an all-in-one platform that will make it so easy for you to get your project online. No matter what type of website you want to build, they've got the functionality. Squarespace take care of all of that stuff for you. They've got it covered. And they back everything up with award-winning 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, they're right there for you. This is also really good if you're a technical technical person and you have people in your life that are always looking to you for for help like oh hey i need to set up a website can you help me do that squarespace is a great option for them you could help them to get set up if you want to but then once they're once they're done once they've got their website live any kind of technical issues that they have squarespace have a 24 7 customer support team for their customers so if they've got any questions you can direct them there and you don't have to be the website master for the rest of your life which is kind of fantastic mm-hmm. and that is one of the reasons that i use squarespace myself and have done for so long because when i have something i want to put online what i don't want to be doing is dealing with technical support for that thing that's not why i built the website i want to focus on the work that the website is showing off and that's what Squarespace let you do because everything else is taken care of. They have all the functionality you're going to want no matter what type of website you want to build. Blog, they got it. Portfolio, they got it. Site for your business, they got it. What about an online store? Physical, digital goods, they got that too. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a trial with no credit card required and build your website today. Then when you're ready to launch it to the world, their plans start at just $12 a month. But you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show when you use the offer code PENADDICT to check out. That is squarespace.com slash PENADDICT and the code PENADDICT for 10% of your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I want to talk about a couple of new Kaveco special editions, if you'll allow me, Mike. Okay. Okay. Approved? Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, good. but this is like a thing that we were talking about <laughs> yeah. last episode, right? Yeah, so this is a continuation of that. And Kaveco, like, I love Kaveco. Like, everyone knows that I love Kaveco. I love special editions and limited editions. Kaveco hasn't quite gone as far as Sailor has with, like, the special limited editions, store editions yet. But they're they're close. Like, they're tracking. and <laughs> They're tracking that way pretty heavily. And I saw two come out, you know, like, in the past week. And... You know, the the collector's edition Coral is the first one. Uh, did we talk about that one already last week, or was did we talk about the Black Crystal? Last no, we week? didn't speak about any of these, but it okay, was more I thought. when we were talking about what was the name of the pen that you reviewed, the Big Lilliput? Oh, yeah, the Supra. Yeah, because I was looking on their website and kind of looking through their collections and criticizing mm-hmm. how many lines Kaveco has. And it looks like they've just added another one, the collector's edition. Kind of, sort of. So what do you... Th- so you're not a Kaveco guy like not I am. Anymore, like, no. Yeah, like I have a bunch of the, you know, Kaveco Sports and the classics, the plastic barrel special editions, because I like that style of pen and I like the fun colors that they come in. So this one... They made as a wide release and stamped collector's edition on the barrel. And I just find that a little bit too tryhardy for me. And I wonder what 
the feedback is for that type of pen. Number one, they used a barrel color they just used for Fanta Plumo's uh, Coral Limited yeah, Edition. I the thought gui- I'd the seen gui- this coral. already. <laughs> <laughs> so the Guilloche Coral, which I have, which is a stunning, that, that's the representation I want of a Caveco Limited Edition. And it's the same kind of color. It might be identical, but without the guilloche and the coral stamping. And it has it like it literally has collector's edition stamped on the side. And I, I don't I don't know that I need that. As someone who loves like these special editions and limited editions, give me the numbering or give me the store name or you know give me a unique little logo. The words but, collector's edition does not a collector's edition make. Yeah. Right? Like what is the collection? Yeah. I feel like this is like trying to make fetch a thing, right? Yes. Oh my god, that's perfect. Yes. Right? Stop trying to make collector's edition happen, Kaveco. Right, because they're already doing it, right? They're executing on a collector's edition plan with shop exclusives and unique patterns and they're doing all this. So now they've brought one in-house and they're going to say, "Well, we'll just do this one." Like, there's no reason Kaveco needs to do this for Kaveco's product line. Unless they have some answer. wild dis- like uh, idea that they've come up with, which is like any limited edition that sells well, they will just remake <laughs> it and call it collector's <laughs> edition. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, don't like it. Look, this is like another thing where, like, we were talking about this last week. Like, I, I just don't understand their product mix. Mm-hmm. I think doing so the the Fontaplumo one and we've got another like what currently appears to be store exclusive, which we're gonna talk about in a second. And they're cool, then they look cool, right? Both of them, right? The Fontaplumo one looks cool. We've got a drum ghouls one we're gonna talk about that looks cool. Well it's not a drum ghouls one, it's a US exclusive. Let's let's just go ahead and, and Ah, okay. Yeah, that's but a still, little bit different. Yes. US exclusive, I mean that's what Sailor does. I don't really have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um because you know whatever but like these are that's like a good model i think where you do store exclusives and do geographical exclusives i kind of get that i know that you know maybe i'm biased from sailor but platinum does it like uh, lamy does it right like it feels like a pretty established way of doing things but Mm -hmm. making a general release pen and just calling it collector's edition and selling it to anyone that wants it (laughs) Doesn't really feel like if they made this pen, called it collector's edition, and said there's 200 of them, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be having this argument because I would say, yeah, you're right, it is, mm-hmm. right. But if they mm-hmm. are, as you say, just like they just sell, you just anyone can buy it. It's twenty five dollars, but it just mm-hmm. has the word collector's edition on the side. <laughs> like I'm not really sure I get it. I don't think we're on the same page. Yeah, I I just find it really, really, really strange. And um, yeah, okay, I'm glad you're on the same page as me because I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. Like this is not something that even like we should spend five or 10 minutes talking about, but it's one of those things where I can't figure it out. And like, we're going to talk about a different product later in the show that I'm having a, a, a tough time wrapping my head around the processes that are in place at certain businesses. Here's something really <laughs> weird about this, which I just saw on the on the Van S webpage. Mm-hmm. There's a comment that says, "This pen is a limited edition, and a coral shade was the Pantone color of the year for 2019. Yeah. The pen was designed with input from the Caveco users Facebook group, which I'm a part of. Now, interesting. Okay. That's peculiar. That would make more sense, right? But like, if 
they are yes. making these pens because of input from their fan base. Then I guess, sure, call it the collector's edition. But but they're not saying that's why. Or at least the marketing text on the page isn't saying that that's what this is about. And I just find that odd that it's going to run through retail channels as this. Yeah. Mm. Like, I mean, they got to sell the pen somehow, right? Like, I, I, I'm with that, but... <laughs> so, input. This is like the Diamine inks that are made in collaboration with Reddit. But those are stock ink colors. They're not necessarily limited edition ink colors. Like, the Earl Grey was one. There's a second one since then. So, the Cult Pens listing says... The Caveco Sport Fountain Pen, blah, blah, blah. Is This collector's edition is dedicated to loyal Caveco fans. The color is adapted from the Pantone color. And then it just goes on. So there's something here which it's about. So this is a fandom edition. Yeah. It's really weird that it's such a wide release. I, yeah. Yeah, everyone's that, I got think it. I just have more questions now. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great looking pen. So let's 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 end it there. It's $25. It's great looking. It's a cool Kaveco pen that's not their norm. I just I'm getting a little bit of weird thoughts on it just how it's being presented. Okay, from maninc.com.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. This How many collector's special? editions are out there, Mike? 10,000? Well, I've only found one, but every page has got its own information on it. This mm-hmm. special edition is called Collector's Edition because it is dedicated to our loyal fans and Caveco collectors, and especially the Facebook group Caveco Collectors and Users, which already comprises of more than 2,500 enthusiastic Caveco collectors. But the... Okay. Right? We're getting somewhere yes, with this. I get it. But then it. why does everyone get it? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you dedicate it to the collectors, but I can buy it and I'm not a collector. <laughs> I didn't think I had as many questions about the collector's edition coral as I do about the black crystal, which we're about to talk about, but mm-hmm. apparently I do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was simpler than that, Mike. I thought we lived in simpler times, but we don't, Mike, because now we have a U.S. exclusive Caveco. Mm-hmm. Same plastic barrel, same you know limited limited edition. Although this one says there's only a thousand of them into mm-hmm. the U.S. But the issue, Mike, is this one is seventy dollars. And this why is it badass? That's why. <laughs> It is. It's really well designed. I like this. I like it too, but it's also seventy dollars. So I just I mean, have it comes to, with a clip. I don't know. It's expensive. The clips clip. are like eight or ten bucks. It's mm-hmm. got the DLC coated nib. Like that's a premium upgrade. But that's a big ask. Even though I feel that they at least put something into. They put a this. bit more into it. They limited it. Yeah. So they DLC coated the nib. Right. They yeah. uh, Which, gave just you a for clip. People, just for people who don't know, real quick, that that DLC black nibs tend to like wear funny, right? You start to knock the luster off of them. This will help. Just keep it pure black. And then it's coming in special packaging, and it has a clip. I mean, honestly, for me, I don't have as like I let this one go. Like this, this ticks boxes for me to be mm-hmm. more expensive. Seventy dollars for a Caveco Sport is a high price. But mm-hmm. it's you know it's even got its own little branding on the side of it, which is looks like they've put some work into mm-hmm. this one. I am I do not contest. 
I don't contest it, but I'm trying to understand from Kaveco's perspective how you can tell me to spend or ask me to spend seventy dollars on this when I can buy one of the aluminum barrel models for a few dollars less, right? It's a have you offered me enough in design features and exclusivity to charge me an equivalent price to one of your metal pins that you would gladly sell me for the same price. Like you know the brass what this is. This is a gold. collector's edition. Brass. That's what this is. <laughs> I know, right? Right. This is this actually is real, a collector's edition. This is the pen. real collector's edition. Where's yeah, the stamp? Like, the, the, what makes it collector is the fact that there's a limited amount. Like Collectors right. like things for a couple of reasons. One of them is like mm-hmm. that it's limited, which is if the other one had a limited number... It would make more sense to me, especially considering that they're really talking about this user group. They should have made two thousand five hundred of the coral one, yeah, one for every user mm-hmm. in their group, and that's that. <laughs> I, I love the design of Black Crystal. I'll probably buy it. I'll just probably be. I'll probably rage buy it. You know, just I, it's a it's a great design, but like fifty five dollars. $45, whatever. I think Something they could have got up to 60 Not this, this price one. point. 60 would have been fine, I think. Past so that, that you're really... Yeah, because, like, you know, the other one, that coral one, is 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. This is, like, th- oh, this is, like, three times more expensive. Yeah, um, it doesn't even say collector's edition on it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the travesty. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go... I'm going to continue with the business Brad theme and try to understand what one of our favorite companies on the planet sailor is doing. This isn't the first time they've done this. And I just, it's, it's a curiosity. It's not a pro or a con. I'm curious when sailor releases a very cool pin design, which most of theirs are like the sailor lucky charm, the pro gear, lucky charm in the standard, you know, or slim and standard lucky charm, right? It's the blue. It's got a really good, looking two-tone nib i is think it's it a blue fantastic or is it green it's teal ish let's go with teal okay. that'll that'll draw the line right because lucky charm would suggest green to me uh, uh, yeah that's fair but it, it all the pictures look bluish to me they so do gold spot lists it as green okay but so maybe it, it looks, looks different blue in person. everywhere mm-hmm. to me um, yeah it's like more, the it's like pinch. an aquamarine color yeah, so like the Pen Chalet pictures are like dead on blue. There's like mm-hmm. no green in, in mm-hmm. the Pen Chalet pictures. But um, they released those two pens. And then a few months later, they drop a King of Pen in Lucky Charm is what they're calling this this pattern, this color setup. And I just have to wonder, why do you think they do that? Like sometimes they release all three at the same time. Sometimes they come in with the King of Pen later like i think didn't the tangerine 1911 and i know the fresca 1911 they came out as 1911 standard and large and then separately many months later came out with king of pen yeah and i just like i don't care i'm just i find it curious because sometimes like when they do the sky like the the blue one i have they'll come out with all three at the same time and i'm just trying to i'm just curious why (laughs) I don't really care, but I just find it odd. It's one of those little weird things that I, I, that, you know, fill up my brain for no reason. They don't matter at the end of the day. Um, would you have any business justification for releasing them separately? Yes. Okay. What is it? 
the king of pen line is an expensive pen line, right? The right. retail, well, like recommended retail over a thousand dollars. You typically pick one up for about eight hundred, mm-hmm. nine hundred, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. They are only wanted by like the most diehard of the audience, mm-hmm. so they don't sell as many. Mm-hmm. You would assume. Mm-hmm. So my thinking would be that you only make a king of pen in a colorway that has otherwise sold well. Okay. If you don't sell a lot of the Pro Gear or regular Pro Gear Slim size, don't make a king of pen in it. Yeah. See what I mean? That that would oh, be yeah, my I thinking as to that's, why you would, would split it out. And it's what I would do. That's the only I thing I can think of. Yeah. Because... Okay, so Earth is a perfect example. It's in the same series as Sky. I don't think that sold well at all, and they released the King of Pen at the same time, and like all of those are still available. I'm well, sometimes sure. you might be very confident that the colorway that you've got here will sell well, and you'll be surprised by it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I can imagine that the, the thinking is you only make the King of Pen if you're confident it will sell well, and there's two ways you do that. Either gut mm-hmm. feel, which you might be wrong at sometimes, Mm-hmm. Or you know, like, or you've done market research that would suggest that it would be a good thing, but market research doesn't necessarily um, have a one-to-one with actual market desire. Right. And or the other way you do it is you wait and see to see what customer response is like with the actual product that is out there that they can buy, and then follow it up with the with the king of pen. Yeah, that's I think what you're I right. assume. That makes logical sense. So by that note, I should be able to get my. Wicked Witch of the West, King of Pen, in a few months. Yes. Except I'm not going to because I think they've priced me out of King of Pen. These these prices are not good anymore. Not that they were ever... I've always complained about the price I, of the I'm, King of I Pen. I still remain confused by this because I don't remember the prices ever being lower than $800. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to do some research on some older purchases, but like this is in an uncomfortable level for what I get. The price I have to pay for what I'm actually getting is is starting to not line up anymore because it was already extreme. I felt, you know, I've always called it one of the most overpriced pens on the market, but I love it. And now I think it's just might be, we're hitting into flat out overpriced territory. I would rather just have the 1911 large or the pro gear standard at this point bomb for a third of the price is Mm. essentially what we're at. So, you know, it's interesting. I'll go back and look at some of my past purchases, but I know Right, but there was one that we got that for a really, really good yes. deal because we bought it from I'm not overseas. even counting that one. I'm not even counting right. that one. That was like low 600s. Like it was between 600 and 625, I think. I think it was less than that. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I'm not even counting that one. That was, we jumped on that deal when we saw it. That was one of those like, oh, this doesn't seem right. And we, were, we weren't even sure we were going to get the pens and we got them. Yeah, we took a punt on that for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But otherwise, I yeah, I'll, I'll need to look at some historical prices on that. Um, but I think we're just in a we're in a range where I can get like the sweet sweet Nakayas for less than that. So I, it's 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 not tracking for me. So we'll see. And I think it just depends on your preferences. I mean, I again, I don't own a Nakaya, right? But mm-hmm. my king oh, of pens be... are by far and away my favorite. Like, yeah, it'll be hard for me not to buy a Wicked Witch of the West King of Pen because I love that 1911 shape in the King of Pen. It's fantastic. But it's, mine like, still hasn't arrived. It's like a big ask. Oof. My, my are, are it, is it 
it's it's local but stuck now. Is that no, where, we were, I, where we left it? No. It looks like this is on USPS's side now, so I'm Oof. still trying to deal with it. Because I spoke to the the team here, and they're like, "No, it never made it. It it never arrived." But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got a new pen, Mike. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you know this, but I like pens, and like I don't I can't buy all the Sailor King of pens because I have to hold hold back some funds when I have the opportunity to buy these weird experimentals pens that I've been tracking for a while and a perfect example is a pen company or pen brand called Kasama. Have you ever heard of them before I put them in the show notes? No, oh, is that how you say that? I have no idea, but I'm going to go with Kasama. Okay, cuz there's a H. Well, at the well, end. Ch- oh, Kasama uh, PH. There's a PH. Oh, it's the Philippines. That's Philippines. Yeah. Sorry, yes, yes. Kasama. Yeah, cuz the 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 Instagram You're looking handle. at the Instagram account. Yes, it's Kasama PH cuz Philippines cuz that's where they're yep. made. Yep, yep. So I first laid eyes on these, you know, they made it around the Instagram and, and blogosphere in the past year or two. And I always liked the looks of them. I wasn't sure if the design was for me. I wasn't sure if like the build was going to be for me because they're uniquely built. We'll put a bunch of links in the show notes for what these pins are. And this is a great example of why pin shows are valuable because I was able to go at Philly this year. Some of my friends had the Kasama pins and where I could test them before outlaying a bunch of money for a pen that I don't know is going to be my style, fit my hand, be something I want to use, you know? And even though I, I like the aesthetic and I like the idea of what Kasama is doing. So Kasama um, is made by these pens are manufactured by a surgeon. Like this is a side job and they found these cool materials like in the medical field that they've transferred into huh. Additionally, initially they were trying to make like a hardcore EDC type fountain pen, like a heavy duty, you know, can take a beating fountain pen. Like beautiful. Yeah. So they landed on something really quick that started to spread as a thing. But I like I they're hard to buy. They're hard to acquire. Uh, yeah, I was about to ask that. I can't <laughs> find a way to possibly purchase one of these because there isn't like if you read a bunch of their Instagram stuff is like, yeah, we built all these pins and we're not selling them like they just really, you know, they, it's cool. Like this is a side thing for them, but their machining and their quality and their style and aesthetic is top tier right to, to a lot of people like it's not everyone's thing so they were on my radar for a while i got to try one said okay yeah i see it this would actually work for me and i know exactly which one i want and the one i wanted is called um gosh what's the name of it ulum ultum ultum which is like a, this orange translucent very hard acrylic like it's you know it, it has a different feeling than like your standard you know barrel acrylics very very strong like it's it feels like one of those pens that you could run over like with a car and it would it wouldn't see a problem i don't know that it's marketed that way but that's the feel you get from it the grip section looks and a big chunk of the body is made out of some kind of metal right yeah so titanium oh it's it's almost half of if you uncap the pen it's almost half of the barrel right so from where the nib screws into the front end of the pen up to the midpoint of the pen is metal so in this case it's titanium they use aluminum for some other ones and i'm sure they have some other metals too uh as well but my particular one is titanium i think 
Um, now that I say that, I'm questioning myself. But it's it's anodized. You know, it's got that really pretty anodization fade into it. You know, it goes from blue to purple to orange and clear orange barrel, which which I like. And you know, you can hear this plastic. It's it's a different than like your your standard fountain pens. They yeah. wouldn't make that type of noise. And yeah, the grip was what held me off at first because this is a wide diameter pen, and I and the grip to make it more comfortable has a very deep concave section in it. Yeah, it it looks like a pen, which is very opinionated on how you should hold it. Yes. Yeah. So, and and I'm fine with that. Like they're taking a stand. This is how we believe the pen works the best, but I had to feel it in person to know whether it's going to work for me. And it does, right? I generally don't like wider pens, but if I can get the feeling of this big cutout in the grip section, it makes the pen sit in my hands, you know, the way I like to use it. So it's, it's really comfortable, really lovely to use and you, you, you just can't get them. So <laughs> that's, that's the kicker. So after I decided in February, yes, I can own a Kasama Una, which is the shape I think, and Ultim is the material. And you just, there's no way to get them. So our friend Mark Bacchus was able to get some that he, you know, like a few, and he was able to resell them. So I was essentially on his list for when he ever required more. And he's like, for like a couple of months, and he's like, I don't know when I'm going to get any more. Do you want to buy mine? And he was just very nice to offer that up to me. And I, of course, said yes, because I, I wanted this pen. And I, I got it, and it's it's everything I wanted to be. But like this is a pen I can't recommend to anyone without trying it first. Mm-hmm. Like this is why I wanted to put this in the show notes. The only people that I recommend this pen to if you don't get to try it first are people who are down with buying like the experimental pens, right? And there's a there's a big group of people that will just go out and buy like these very unique experimental pens not knowing how it's really going to work in the end for them. So that's kind of like the the word I wanted to put out there on this pen, it fits me really, really well in a lot of ways. Style, design, aesthetic, you know, why it exists, you know, the experimental thing. But not every consumer should just go out and buy some of these things like this. Some of these products you re- really need to think about. Um, this one, it's just hard to get to begin with. But, you know, it's just part of that buying process to where it's good for me, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone right now without being able to try one first. And that's where this this falls. But I just hope they continue to make unique things and then maybe they'll start, you know, getting they're getting great feedback right now from everyone who's bought them. And hopefully we'll see a chance later to where they have an online shop and can sell things. But it's really just I don't know if it's one person, two people, or whatever, but whatever they've landed on is really, really good, and I hope to see it succeed. But at the same time, I also can't tell everyone to go out and you know buy one of these pens because it's very particular. Like, this is not a pen for you whatsoever. No, I don't think so. I would love to try one. Yeah, but like, you I... do not need to own this pen. No, I feel like it, that I might not like the restrictiveness of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I've been, I've only had it for a few days. I'm extraordinarily pleased with it, but I'm glad I waited for probably over a year to come up with one. But it's one of those things we talk about shopping lists sometimes. Sometimes you just have to put things on a list and just be ready when the opportunity arises, whether, you know, you finally got the money to pay for it, you know, you saved up enough money or the opportunity comes to, you know, buy one secondhand when you haven't been able to buy one new for, you know, a year, things like that. So like, that's what I use like my shopping list for. Mm. So, and this, this was on it. So I had the opportunity and I had already decided that it was going to work for me. So I went for it and I'm very happy that I did. Should we, uh, should we wrap up with a couple of Ask TPA questions today? Yeah, we have a lot of Ask TPA and I appreciate everyone sending them in and please continue sending them in. Uh, yep. I feel a little guilty that we don't get to more of them, but one of these, we once will. the buildup happens, we'll just dedicate like half a show to doing them because mm-hmm. we have a lot of really good questions that I want to answer for people. First one comes from Jill's desk. If you designed your own Sailor 1911, what would it look like? You go first. The main thing that I would want, and I only really have one thing, I don't really care about color or anything, I would like one of the really sparkly designs in a demonstrator in the 1911. So, you know, like stuff like what I have, like the sparkling purple cosmos or something, the demonstrator ones with the tons of colorful glitter, I would Mm -hmm. love that entire thing in a 1911. Now that you've said that out loud, they all come in pro gears, don't they? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't think about that. I'm sure there's some 1911 sparkles out there, but the vast majority of them are in pro gears, and I didn't think about that until you just said that. If I design my own sailor, I think I would would probably, you know, as much as I like orange, they've, they've done a really good job with orange. I would design something along the lines of the Wicked Witch of the West, but do a translucent purple with the dark hardware. And like, it would be pretty simple. I would probably, I would like to do it in a Rialo. Dark purple, translucent, maybe do the ink window in an alternate color, like, uh, I don't know, like a lime green ink window Mm -hmm. with a translucent purple Rialo barrel and black ion plated hardware. That sounds pretty hot to me. So like Wicked Witch of the West on steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More nu- a nuclear option of the, the Wicked Witch. It's it Basically, you know what it would be? It would be her cauldron. Hmm. You know, it would have the green, the green stuff bubbling out of it, you know, like in the middle. So we could call it the cauldron right there. So I think I just designed... <laughs> I think I just designed a sailor pen, Mike, and I already have the, the, the product name for it. It's called the cauldron. I Damn. love that. Uh-huh. All right, I think we're going to have to start like a, a change.org petition <laughs> for that one <laughs> to get them to listen to me. They won't listen to me. They don't care. They don't, Greg, they don't know who I am. Greg Co. 3 asks, what do you think is the best looking nib on the market based on shape, imprint, color, etc., rather than performance base? You want to go? You want me to go? This is difficult. I mean, I, I really do love the way that Platinum's nibs look. Mm-hmm. So platinum wouldn't even rank for me. I get it though. Like I, they're clean, and the Mount Fuji outline, the way it staggers up the nib, is glorious. I honestly think it's probably Mont Blanc. It's between Mont Blanc mm. and Sailor for me. And I say this as someone who owns very few 
or little Mont Blancs. I think Mont Blanc's nib designs, just the nib design, are spectacular. And then they do like specialty, specialty nibs, you know, stamping. I guess we're not talking about that. So we're talking about stock nibs. But Sailor and Mont Blanc would be my two. I saw in refill that you were using a Mont Blanc. Which one was it? 149. It's the big classic fountain pen. It's the traditional fountain pen. Like, I think you have a 146, which is the smaller of them, even though it's a standard size. Mm-hmm. And 149 is like the the big, the big honking classic. It's yeah. It's just the upgrade, the bigger sized. I have the smaller one. Them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like it's like the 1911 thing it's like you know yeah. slim and large kind of thing but this it's very large like your 146 is sailor 1911 large size and mm-hmm. the 149 is like king of pin size that's the difference between the two but it reading it did make me think that like maybe i should add like a good mont blanc into my collection at some point because mine is like it's old and busted and like I've had it cleaned, but it needs nib work because I it was mm-hmm. like the first pen that I dropped, right? And I've just never right. had the nib worked on. Um but I but I did always feel that, that that pen was a little too dainty, especially mm-hmm. now, right? Like mm-hmm. with, with my preferences now, that, that one forty six is is a little smaller than I would want from a pen like that. Right, uh, but yeah, I think I would I would actually quite like to to bring um, some kind of Mont Blanc into my collection again because I think we look down at them a little bit because it's like oh the typical executive pen or whatever, mm-hmm. but they do make good pen like the pens are good. It's, they're not they're all glorious good. to use. They're, like, they're glorious not all to use. good. We've seen yes. this, right? But that's the, but like they're good stuff is as good as a lot of any other pens can be. Like, their good stuff Completely is really agree. good. Completely. I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with more with that. And we give them, you know, short shrift in, in coverage just because we're not in that market. We don't use them very much, you know. Yeah. Um, just like as much as I love Pelican, I don't use a lot of Pelicans and don't purchase a lot of Pelicans because the nibs are too wide for me. You know, Montblanc's kind of in the same category. But I fill up this 149, and like I said in that in that article, it's like I I get it. I see exactly why this pen is so beloved because it it really is that good. And Karim Bar asks, "Do you know why some pen retailers do pre-orders and some don't? Why is that?" So this is why I want to answer all the STB TBA questions because this is a great question, right? Like mm-hmm. some will go ahead and say, "Hey." We're going to accept money on this pen. Let's just take uh, Sailor uh, Wicked Witch of the West. That's what I, I think of when when this came out. Like some retailers will say, hey, we know we're getting, you know, X number. We're going to go ahead and offer them up now. We'll take your money now and ship them. Where others will say, we're not going to do any pre-orders and then we'll have essentially a launch day. They will appear on the website and you may purchase them directly then. Why they choose to do that, I don't know other than if they want to control um, a little bit of the number and the the invoicing and purchasing process to where, okay, we sold 20, we can order you know, 25 instead of, okay, we can order 20 to sell on launch day and we sell 10 and just hang on to the other ones for a slower sell. You know, maybe it's just, you know, um, a, a preference, right? I don't know that there's any real benefit pro or con. I think it's just how different retailers prefer to work. 
Yeah, okay. I can see that. I don't, yeah, I don't know that I have a great answer for that, but I love the question because I don't know. And I don't think it's some, like, real spectacular answer to the question. I think it's just more of a feel. I think smaller retailers will generally pre-order and larger retailers will launch. Because smaller yes. retailers might need to allocate funds in a more exacting fashion instead of having a larger pool of funds for just a pure launch. Yeah, and they may adjust what they order if possible in some cases, right? So you only right. end up ordering what your pre-orders for. That's not always going to be possible depending on timelines, but that that's definitely a part of it. So like, you know, right. if you take us and our businesses, mm-hmm. we both have done and continue to do product sales, you know, whether it's merchandise or mm-hmm. otherwise, where we do pre-orders and then some mm-hmm. where we do just, here's a stock and just buy it. And yep. it's a confidence thing. Right. You know, like, oh, I want to make this T-shirt. It's the first time I've ever made this T-shirt. I don't know if people are going to like the design because I've been burned in the past of like, oh, this <laughs> did, people are going to love this. And it just doesn't resonate for whatever reason which is exactly mm-hmm. what we were talking about earlier on in the show right with sailor the king of right? pen yeah. yeah like sometimes you be like oh people are gonna love it and then they just <laughs> they're nothing like crickets and it's a very it's very peculiar so you mm-hmm. you know this is the thing that happens in business and you have to readjust your expectations um and then there are some times where it's like okay i have this thing i know it's done well in the past or like i'm very confident and we're just gonna so like for me t- the difference is between like merchandise and like my like the theme system journals or typical merchandise or like you know cortex has a limited range of merchandise that's always available because it's always sold well so we just have small amounts of it available constantly but if i was going to do a new shirt for the show i would still do it as pre-order because i have no idea if people will buy it and i don't want to and merchandise like t-shirts are especially difficult because you have sizes right right yeah like i'm planning on doing one for knock soon sooner than later and it'll be a pre-order because we won't manufacture them until you know we you know sell enough kind of thing yeah and you know what if we do a pre-order like that i don't lose a cent right profit right where with stuff where you're you know you're buying it up to sell it you you have costs that you have to put up in front and then you have to be confident you've got the order numbers right and Mm. if you don't then you have stock that's just burning a hole in your pocket yes i know mike yeah fine Fine. So the only other gotcha with pre-orders, and I, I do think it is kind of like a small versus large business. Like you can tell me and Mike, smaller businesses with pre-orders work for us. The only gotcha in the pin world is for super hot items. You know, you take something, I don't know if the Platinum Shion would, would rank as that, but like the Kumpu did that they had more demand than they had access to products. And that's when the pre-orders are a little bit weird because may, you're retailer might not get their true allocation from the distributor so that's always something to keep in mind about pre-orders but you know yeah you gordon know. in the discord just says goulet pens doesn't do pre-orders because sometimes they get short stock by their suppliers so it's bad yeah, to let people down exactly. but what i would say to that is goulet pens can afford that to make that decision because they're right massive yes right yeah. so like they are confident 
they don't even need to do that because their customer base is going to come and do it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. They'll take everything they anyway. can get. Yeah. They'll take everything they can get. They just don't know what that number is. Mm-hmm. So they can, they're, they're okay doing it that way where smaller companies might, you know, they're hanging on the five pins that they're going to get, not the 50, right? Yep. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great conversation. That's why I love these Ask TPA questions because this is actually, I don't think there's a real direct answer for this, but it's a great conversation to have. Yeah, I think so. Yep. So please continue sending in those questions to help us have these types of uh, interesting conversations. We, we love to do it. Um, well, if you want to do that, you can send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA and that will work for you. Or you can uh, email them to hello at penaddict.com. Right? Correct. Correct. I think we have it hooked up in the Discord. If you use the question mark Ask TPA, it will also, if you're in the Relay FM members Discord, it should work there too. Um, I will say that it is true. We'll get a test. Someone and will test it right now. I can have it added. <laughs> uh, I don't think that that functionality here has been added yet so I will work yeah. on that so it will be done yeah. very soon hey before you continue tell them what we're doing tomorrow oh yeah we're recording at least part one <laughs> of our member special tomorrow so this will be coming out in August so every year we do bonus uh, episodes for a bunch of shows we do some fun things and over the last few years, me and Brad have been building Lego sets together. So if you're a Relay FM member, you can get these in the Relay FM member crossover feed. Where, But the way that we do this is, say, for example, I have the instructions. Brad has the set. I have to instruct Brad how to build it over while Skype. Brad, yeah, while Brad cannot look at any instructions. Indeed. So this year, I'm building, Brad's instructing, And I thought to myself, oh, we've really liked the Lego architecture series sets. That's what we've done in the past. Uh, I built a London set. You built a, I think, a San Francisco set. San Francisco. Yep, staring right at it. I was looking at the series when I was deciding to do this. And I was like, oh, there's a Trafalgar Square set. That will look really nice next to my London set. So I bought it and thought, great. That's going to be awesome. And it arrived, and I was like, oh, that box is pretty big. So <laughs> the London one had 468 pieces, and it took us, I don't know, the best part of three hours to do that? Yeah, three, three and a half, yeah. So 468, right? The Trafalgar Square set is 1,197 Lego pieces. <laughs> We're hosed. <laughs> so it's going to take a while, and... We're expecting, I don't know, maybe six to nine hours of build this year. Who knows? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to have an IV drip for this yeah. one. Obviously, we we I have a limit on our time tomorrow. So there yeah. may be multiple Lego build specials from the Pan <laughs> this year. We'll find out. I've I've never seen someone so inflated about what we were about to do and the Lego set they were about to build until it ordered and then I got the deflated text that i think the only thing i got in my text was oh no i've made a mistake or something like that and then you told me what it was <laughs> and there's nothing we could do <laughs> well so, so there is something we could do but we're not gonna do it like the thing we could do is get another set now nah. but i want to do this now because yeah. i why not I, it will be fun 
and uh, we will, I guess, just work you it say out. It's, you say it's going to be fun. That's it, The whole key with this whole thing is how frequently we can fight and argue. Um, and, you know, the less is better for our, our mental health, but it's, it's inevitable that we're going to refrigerate and rotate something incorrectly. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God, the washing machine. Yeah, washing machine. That's oh what I was God. thinking of, not the refrigerator. Oh oh washing machine. It's fun. Join Relay.fm membership. Yeah, if you go to Relay.fm uh, slash membership, or you can go to slash Pen Addict, and you can become a member, support the show directly. But if you support any show on the network, you do get these specials. These are the specials available to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're supporting another one for bonus content, which we're not doing at this point, on this show, uh, you will still get these these crossover specials. So there'll probably be many this year. So the reason, yeah. one of the reasons we mention this is if you do want to build along, there are lots of people that do this, which is great. So they buy the set and build along with the instructions. Uh, you maybe want to get that order in now. <laughs> True, we we always we always have a few builders with us, and mm-hmm. uh, it goes shockingly well. Um, I, I'm surprised at how well it it actually executes. And just to give credit where credit is due, this is my not co partner Jeff's idea. Just a random it idea was, blurted yeah. out of it is blurted out of his mouth one day when we were figuring out what to do, and we both just thought it was so stupid it might work, and it has. And we appreciate everyone who supports us. If you want to find out more about the show, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash four twenty baby. Without the base, it just four twenty. Uh, you can go to panaddict.com, knock.co. Go buy some knock.co cases. Yeah. There's always stuff there, great colors, great fabrics, just amazing stuff to put your pen products in. And um, note cards. And note cards. Don't forget the note cards. Don't forget the note cards. Uh, thank you so much to Squarespace for the support of the show, and thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. Oh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, Brad streams, twitch.tv slash penaddict. Don't forget it. See you next yeah, except time. This week, except this except Thursday. Except this week because we're, we're building Lego instead. <laughs> Say goodbye, Brad. <laughs> goodbye, Brad. <laughs>